DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Join the big show on Monday at Wasatch Front Kia for the massive mega tent sales event with over 1,000 new and used cars to choose from with rock bottom price and plenty of jazz swag to give away. Time now to talk Utah and BYU. Time to talk rivalry game with Kyle Gunther. Former Utah offensive lineman, Kyle joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Kyle, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I hope uh, you guys enjoyed the rain delay. Did you guys stay up? Uh, What time did you guys get to bed? I got to bed about 3. I didn't go to the game, (laughs) so I got to bed earlier. It was about uh, 1.15. Well, you're the hardest working man in show business, anyways, DJ. You got about five jobs there. Uh, man, what a wild finish. Uh, how appropriate. Uh, it's such a weird way to end a weird rivalry there. The rain delay, the lightning. Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was all in all a very strange and, and somewhat typical rivalry game, other than the fact that it was somewhat of a blowout. We, we hardly see a game won by more than a score. And, you know, whatever you want to call last night offensively and defensively, the Utes won in blowout fashion, which is pretty rare. Can they replicate playing that way over the next 11 games? Uh, they didn't need to open it up. They got the you know the big plays from the defense and all that. Do you have confidence in them opening up? You still have question marks there. When you look big picture, what do you think? I have questions about the drops for the Utes. The wide receivers and the tight ends, having drop issues, that's a team stat. Sometimes the ball is thrown behind the receiver. Sometimes they just drop it. But that's a concern because it's been a common theme for the last couple of years. Uh, But overall, yes, Utah can replicate that because they just ran the football right up the gut. They did exactly what we thought Andy Ludwig was going to do. Andy Ludwig did something that apparently the last coordinator never figured out, and that was just give the ball to Zach Moss. He should have 30 carries a night every night, and the Utes can win 10 or 11 games. Uh, overall, Utah's defense showed more playmaking ability than I expected. I mean, by my count, I think they dropped two interceptions. It may have been more. You know, they had the two pick sixes, but uh, that's been Utah's M.O. for 20 years, is the defense creates a big play when the team overall needs it, and the offense builds off that. I thought it was a very Kyle Whittingham-esque win, and now, nine in a row, you know, Tyler Huntley said BYU is poo-poo afterwards. I don't know if, uh, if that's the type of language that we want to start incorporating here. <laughs> this is a family atmosphere, but whether or not he thinks BYU is poo-poo, it's been nine in a row, man. And uh, I'm not sure this Utah team, regardless of how much talent they lose, they don't look like they're primed to lose to BYU anywhere in the near future. Yeah, I can't really disagree with any of that stuff. And DJ and I have been debating this so far, and you came on my side, so I'm glad to see that you're correct, that <laughs> the the style of manner in which they won the game is how they're going to win those 10, maybe 11, 12 ball games this season. It's not going to change. And this is who they are. It's like I, I compared it to... Well, you know, do they can they can they go down the field throwing the ball? It's like asking Washington State run out the clock with eight minutes to go and do it via the ground. 
It's just, they're not going to do it. It's just, it's just not who they are. And if they get behind, if the Utes get behind and they've got to throw the ball a bunch, well, they're going to be in trouble. But the, the goal, obviously, is to not get behind where they have to throw the ball a whole lot. And really looking, I don't want to go too crazy because it's just one game and it doesn't, I don't take any pleasure by saying this, but it was against an inferior opponent. And they're going to face tougher games. There's no question about it. Better opponents. But I do think exactly what you just said, and I'm just basically amplifying it here, is that this is the manner in which, if they're going to go to the Rose Bowl, this is the way they're going to do it. There's going to be no other way. Well, Gary Anderson once said that if you can't stop the run, you'll never have to worry about stopping the pass. And it didn't feel like at any point last night BYU was able to tackle Zach Moss. And so the Utes never ended up trying to throw it down the field. Now, they had a couple of big-time drops. And maybe Damari Simpkins had that ball tipped, but uh, Fotheringham had one, Keithy had one. Those drops really affected things because at least the, the Brant Keithy one, he, that was a play that would have been a huge momentum swing. And then the very next play, he whiffed and just went to bed there. And, yeah. and frankly, a lot of the problems on Utah's offense, yet again, were caused by tight ends just being out of position by one step. And when you miss the block as a tight end on the backside, it can really screw a play up. But tight ends have always been an enigma at Utah because they're kind of the redheaded stepchild. Everybody loved Jake Murphy when he was there. But can any fan name you the tight end before or after Jake Murphy? It's just, it's Urban Meyer's fault. He showed up and told the tight ends to get out. He didn't need him in the offense. And ever since then, the youth, even though they use tight ends, they just haven't quite been able to find that panache with that group there. But, yeah, you know, there, there were issues with the youth offense last night. I thought they, they struggled at times early on at guard. And I still think the youths are going to make some adjustments at guard. I saw uh, Johnny Maia. I saw Paul Kawala in there, Braden Daniels. I, I still think Nick Ford should move into guard. And then that'll open things up there inside. But uh, no, overall, this is a it's a non-conference opener for the youth. I know locally we love the rivalry, but Kyle Whittingham's job is to win the Pac-12 South and then win the Pac-12 and go to the Rose Bowl. Winning a non-conference game is great, but the youth. Uh, what, what did Tyler Huntley average? Eight yards a throw last night. No, he was less. Being very conservative. L- less than that. Yeah. Six and a half. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, math's not my thing. But uh, <laughs> uh, he, he was a guy that was clearly trying to be conservative. Man, I tell you, the one negative was uh, I'm just I'm covering my eyes watching Tyler Huntley take these big hits. He's, he, he and Zach Wilson, they just won't slide. And uh, it, I think Zach Wilson at one point last night tried to juke at one last minute and he got popped for it. I never want to see a quarterback get hit. Just slide. Sacrifice the four yards. I know, but Tyler Huntley's a competitor. It's, it's in the heat of the moment out there, but that was really my only true concern. I'm not concerned about Utah's drops. I'm not concerned that they didn't open up the offense. This was a non-conference uh, opponent that they were beating handily. But, yeah, Tyler Huntley needs to not take any more hits. I don't want to see one grass stain on that jersey. Kyle Gunther joining us here, former Utah offensive lineman. The Utes ran the ball 
I thought much better in the second half than the first half. Zach Moss felt like uh, he said in the post game that his last carry, he had that big gain on their last possession in the first half. They were backed up at their own five or ten or whatever, and uh, he broke a long run. There was a penalty on the end of it and got him out to midfield. And even though it didn't lead to points, he said that changed the way he felt. And then they ran it, ran it better in the second half. Was that Utah's offensive line getting better over the course of the game, or was that BYU's defense getting beaten down from A being on the field a lot and B seeing the BYU offense give up points and seeing the game get away? Well, yeah, I think it's the latter. I think BYU's defense wore down a bit because depth has been a concern, and and that was a question that a lot of us had before the game. But also, I believe the Utes put in Paul Tawala there. They may have made an adjustment on the offensive line. Uh, This is Brayton Daniels' first start, and the young man was a three-star recruit a couple of years ago. He's about 250 pounds, came in to play guard, and all of a sudden, the Utes see him, and he's got this high waist. He's got long legs. He can bend. They put him at tackle a year ago. He got up to about 290 pounds, and he was a backup tackle at one point, so they kicked him inside the guard this year, and I thought he was a little passive early on uh, when he's pulling around. I thought he was looking for bodies instead of just trying to see the opposite color and knocking somebody ass over tea kettles. And I, I thought he developed a little better strength and technique in the second half, but also that's what Andy Ludwig loves to do. He loves to figure out what will work in the first half, and in the second half, you know, you can call it adjustments, but sometimes Andy Ludwig will say, we're averaging four yards a carry on this counterplay. We're going to come out and run it again. Uh, you know, in poker, if you have a full house, you don't have to bl- uh, bluff. I mean, you just play the good hand. The Utes have a good hand. It's a big offensive line, and it's Zach Moss. I know PK thinks, you know, Benjamin's the best running back in the conference. Zach Moss showed country, last night. Country, country, Kyle, country. Country, Kyle, well, country. Including the NFL. What do you have, 300 carries last year? And that's the thing. Uh, I think Tyler Huntley had 20 less carries than Zach Moss last year. It's a shame. It, it's, uh, Zach Moss was robbed last year by not getting the ball more. So I'd like to think if Zach Moss had 300 carries, he'd be competing. But, uh, you know, Eno Benjamin and Zach Moss together are by far the two best backs in the conference. And that's what Ludwig set out to do in the second half. He said, we're not going to throw bubble screens to Britton Covey. We're not going to run reverses. Just keep giving the ball to Zach Moss and break a team's will, and they did. That drive, that score to start the second half gave Utah all the momentum. And then, yeah, uh, uh, it was uh, Julian Blackman there on the pick six. I mean, that was the nail on the coffin there, the second defensive score for the Utes, which is that the ninth defensive score now in the last – nine games. It's some ridiculous stat. They each just love to score on defense. So it's clear they're going to be 3-0 when they go into SC, and so they can use these next two games to iron it out. But it basically looks like, judging from what Kyle said, they're going to use these next, uh, certainly this next game, as basically a tryout for the place kicking. How much concern do you have there? Personally, none, because I never pay attention to kicking. But, yeah, as a, if you're a fan of the Utes, you've got to be concerned that the Scrotch monster who showed up from UCLA, he whiffed last night. I don't know who the backup was, but I know he came in, and he, he false started on his first kick. They didn't call it, but he, he definitely false started. There's a lot of nerves out there. It's, for some of these guys, for Ben Lennon, the punter, these kickers, this is their first time being under that kind of pressure. And pressure... It, it creates diamonds, and it also affects a lot of us. You get that dry mouth. 
your palms start to sweat. You know, and you, you realize, wait, am I nervous? What's going on? And it affects your athletic performance. It's so cliche, but it happens in the NFL even. That these kickers get the yips, and I'm sure Kyle Whittingham is furious about that. And that's the type of guy that Witt is. He's not going to verbally abuse you after that, but he's also not going to show up after a, a 30-12 to 12 victory and tell the team, you guys got it figured out. You guys are the biggest knees. That was great. No, he's going to light you up for a couple of missed tackles on defense, a couple of dropped balls on offense, a couple of dropped picks on defense, and then the kicking situation, which, yeah, the Utes missed a field goal, an extra point. I mean, think about how much momentum that costs the Utes as well. So those types of mistakes will not hurt you against BYU or NIU or Idaho State, but you're not beating USC on the road by missing field goals. So, yeah, that is going to be the modus operandi over the next couple of weeks is trying to figure out which one of these kickers wants it. And if none of them are good enough, then cut them both and go find some soccer player from East High School or SUU, UVU. I don't care anymore where these kickers come from. The punters have to all come from Australia and Pro Kick Australia, and they'll do that. But get a kicker anywhere. Just get one with some lead in their pencil and get out there and make a kick. Maybe the maybe the Women's World Cup team, huh? Yeah, they were talking about that. Uh, and uh, I have no problem with that. I'd love to see. I don't care who they are. Man, woman, child. Just get somebody in there who isn't going to be freaked out by it. That's what makes a great golfer is when it comes down to it in your short game, you can make that putt when the pressure's on. That's why my family is known as the three jackers. We have never once putted less than three times because the pressure affects us. I hear you. Been there, done that. All right, so is there uh, something you can uh, get out of these games going forward, something you want to see from these next two games that you're going to learn? Uh, I mean, the way, the way they struggled with Bushman, is he just really good? And that, you know, six catches for 60 yards, it wasn't that awful. It's not like he had 150 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, was there anything, anything out there you think you're really going to learn in these next two games? Well, for BYU, I want to see them get a little more aggressive defensively. Uh, I want to see Zach Wilson calm down a little bit. I I felt like he was pressing, even though, you know, BYU was down a score, and I felt like he was pressing a little bit. Uh, For Utah, I I want to see them shift around a little bit on that offensive line, and I I want to see them figure out what the best combination is. I'd love to see Big Bam Olaseni in there, Uh, and I, I want to see Solomon Enos be the number one wide receiver. Uh, I know Damari Simpkins and Tyler Huntley have a rapport. Uh, I know you saw a year ago Jalen Dixon have some deep threat ability. I'm trying to think. I don't know if we saw much of Brian Thompson last night. Maybe I missed that. Maybe he's banged up or something. But I want to see Solomon Enos get more catches. A year ago as a true freshman, he showed up and he wasn't afraid of the moment. He had that amazing catch with the hand strength last night, diving out of bounds. I want to see Solomon Enos go up to the number one slot at wide receiver and see what that does. And I want Tyler Huntley to avoid any and all contact. Uh, Troy Taylor talked about this. Kyle Whittingham talked about this for two years. It didn't get through to him. And sometimes you just you can't take the stripes off a zebra. Tyler Huntley is a playmaker. He wants to win. He doesn't care about his body. And that is it's enviable. But the Utes are not going to win the Pac-12 overall without Tyler Huntley. Man, the Pac-12 South stinks, though. I told anybody who'd listen that UCLA was going to be an awful team a year ago. I said I don't buy into any type of hype. I don't think they're going to be any good this year. And UCLA sucks. 
DTR is no different than he was a year ago. Kevin Sumlin's a weirdo, and uh, I don't know what you guys made of, of your interview with him at Pac-12 Media Day, but he's just weird. He's too laid back, and uh, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to infer anything else. But he's very weird, and I don't buy into what Kevin Sumlin's doing anymore. Colorado's too far away. I think Arizona State is the biggest hurdle in the South for the Utes. I don't even think it's USC. So I think the Utes can essentially walk through the South, but they need Tyler Huntley to go to the Rose Bowl. And Tyler Huntley just has to realize you can't go head first against three defenders. So that's the biggest thing you got to see is Tyler Huntley's got to wake up because this team could be special if he's healthy. Throw the Cougars a bone here as far as anything positive. Well, Matt Bushman's uncoverable, and they're going to throw the ball to him a ton. I really thought BYU's offensive line played well. I thought they were going to be a good group. They played well considering Utah's got the best D-line in the country. And I'm trying to think, uh, Zach Wilson a couple of times had pressure, and he shouldn't have thrown that ball to Francis Bernard. You just got to know, when your knee is a quarter of an inch from the ground, just stop, just take the sack. Uh, I thought Zach Wilson did a good job of throwing the ball out of bounds at times, which seems weird, but Travis Wilson never learned that for the youth. If he was facing pressure and no one was open, he'd gun a ball over the middle. And Zach Wilson is mature enough to realize, yeah, just throw it out of bounds and move on. But, you know, all is not lost for BYU. My goodness. They've got a good running game. They've got a great offensive line. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on with that defense because maybe BYU secondary really was causing Utah some issues. On paper, that's a pretty good group in BYU secondary, but I think BYU is going to go on the road and surprise a team in Tennessee that's not been good for a decade. Uh, I think BYU is going to go down to the wire with USC. They're not going to beat Washington, but BYU needs to beat Utah State this year. That is a must-win game. You cannot lose. Would that be they can't lose three years in a row to Utah State. So there's still a lot left for BYU. But what is the goal overall? They're an independent team that plays this incredibly tough schedule. It's front-loaded every year. I mean, is the goal for BYU to win nine or ten games and then, what, go to the same bowl game as if you won six games? This is the problem with being independent for BYU is they're a good team this year. They're going to be an eight-win team. And it's just going to feel, at the end of the year, anticlimactic because there's no conference chase to root for. So for BYU, they're a good team. I'm, I'm not sure their current format will allow them to show it, but I think they go on the road next week and they beat the Volunteers. That would make them feel a lot better about themselves if they pull that off. Well, when do you guys think the next victory for BYU is going to be in the rivalry game? Because I think the Utes have eight NFL draft picks right now. I'm not talking about NFL players. I mean draft picks. This is an elite Utah team this year. You're talking about most of that D-line. I think there's three D-linemen that will go to the league. I think there's one or two defensive backs. I think there's uh, you know Zach Moss, obviously, on offense. Maybe uh, there's a couple of other question marks. Probably Darren Paulo gets in the mix there. Maybe I'm forgetting a couple of names, but... So the youths are going to lose eight guys to the NFL draft. Zach Wilson's going to be a junior next year. I think on paper that sets up to be a, a great opportunity for BYU to get a win there. But I feel like BYU could win 10 games this year, but if they lose to Utah, it still won't feel like a successful year. They've got to get over that hump. These two teams are forever tied. And to make it even worse, 
it doesn't feel like the game matters more to Utah. It's not like you know, every year they lose, the game matters more to BYU, and I feel like it matters less to the Utes. Again, going back to Tyler Huntley, you know, very few guys in the history of this rivalry have had the cojones to get up there and talk trash after the game, after a win, after the loss. I can remember the whole, um, I'll be making 50 grand and they'll be pumping my gas. Uh, I can remember, obviously, Max Hall's comments, which whether you think he was correct or not, it's, it's pretty gutsy to get up there and say a whole organization is classless. And then Max Hall lied about having beer thrown on his family, which never happens. As a guy who's regularly snuck beer into football games, the last thing I'm going to do after tucking that thing in my armpit for six hours is dump it on innocent women and children. So I always thought Max Hall lied about that, and he did. Uh, but, you know, the Austin Collie comment, which I think that was a, a PK original, correct? You know, that was just is one of the stranger comments in the history of sports, but it makes the rivalry what it is. I wish Tyler Huntley would have gone full curse word last night because calling somebody poo-poo is, is very weird. And, uh, you know, he was caught up in the moment. So my point is I'm happy there's a little bit of smack talk, but my six-year-old, uses those types of words. It does make him laugh, though. So I don't know what word he should have used, but I do like that there's a little bit of smack talk, maybe a little bit of vitriol here. We never going to lose it, huh? They, they so poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. It'll live forever. <laughs> I don't want to get called poo-poo, but, yeah, it's, that's a weird one. I, I don't think that's going to go down in infamy the way that uh, you know Austin Colley's comments did or, or certainly Max's comments. All right, we appreciate the time, Kyle. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great rest of your day. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 12.80 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Nine in a row for the Utes. Zach Moss runs for 187 yards. The defense scores twice and sets up a third touchdown. The three turnovers, a big difference in the game as BYU falls 30-12. to Cougars off to face Tennessee. The Utes home to face Northern Illinois next week. Tonight, Utah State opens the season at Wake Forest, 6 o'clock on the ACC Network. Miami Dolphins named veteran Ryan Fitzpatrick as their starting quarterback over second-year signal caller Josh Rosen. Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Josh McCown, who recently signed with the team, will continue coaching the high school football team in Charlotte, North Carolina, that he began working with after retiring from the NFL earlier in the offseason. He'll coach Myers Park High on Friday nights before returning to Philly for games on Sunday. Top of the Wire, brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Uh, I think I had a Rice Krispie, okay. uh, some oranges, and we stretched a little bit, so... 
Then we came down and Zach Moss ran it down their throat. <laughs> that is a summary of the lightning delay and the final nine minutes of the game from Tyler Huntley. A little Rice Krispie treat. Get the blood sugar up. And they ran it. Zach Moss ran it down their throat. 29 carries, 187 yards. The BYU offense did not need to stretch. They never got to play. The Utes just had the ball, and they had nine minutes and one second to kill, and they ran it down inside the 10-yard line and kneeled down and ended the game, and that was that. Then we came down, and Zach Moss ran it down their throat. <laughs> Who's doing the laughing? It's Britton who was sitting next to him. I oh, believe. okay. All right. Well, then he should laugh. He's a teammate. 2019 Pac-12 champs tweeted at us just a few minutes ago. Do you have the audio of Huntley talking about eating cereal and then Zach running down BYU's throat? That might be my new favorite rivalry quote. They said it. We got it. There it is. We there. Exactly. I there. You were with the Utes and uh, Yach was with the Cougars. Yeah, I want to do the Utes because I'm just waiting for the day that they lose because I'm going to just laugh in that post game. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> I hate them. That's what I'm told. Except, who came over and found you on the field after the game? Their coach. Kyle searched you out because you hate them. He got up in your grill and he delivered. Oh, he just saw you walking across the field. I was just standing there. (laughs) Actually, I didn't know he saw me. Standing on a corner in Provo, Utah? I was standing just uh, to the edge of when they were going to go do their cheer fight song in front of their fans in the uh, northwest corner. We've gotten a lot of uh, tweets about and a lot of Facebook posts about the Utes being conservative. And uh, Trevor Salmon is calm, poised, and confident. He points out, well, Tyler ended the night 13-16, and I believe two of the three were drops that hit receivers right in the hands. He had a pretty good stat line. They didn't throw the ball much because they didn't need to with the yards Moss was getting. Uh, no poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to be able to get away from that, are we? That's, that's just the way that is. What, what else can I say? No poo-poo. Jimmy says, in honor of the XFL coming back, I'm going to put PK Hate Me on the back of a Utes jersey. <laughs> that's funny. Jimmy Robinson coming through with the comedy. Way to go, Jimmy. <laughs> you said Jimmy Rex the first time. Then you said Jimmy Robinson. Well... I don't know what's going on this morning. <laughs> I didn't get a lot of sleep, so. So you're. Ty- I had to. I had to put in the the Tyler Huntley quote was not complicated, and I had to type it three times to get it right. So what you're saying is you're tired as poo poo. I am. Get on our app, and how can you use poo poo better than what Tyler said? Let's go, people. I mean, the reality as far as who wins the game, I don't give two poo poos. Really. I think you do. It would have been huge for BYU if they'd won it. Yeah, but I don't personally care. You care a little bit because you like their coaches too. I know, but that's a wash. As Miranda Lambert says, it'll all come out in the wash. That's great. (laughs) Tony wants to know. that song, Yuck? Yeah, I'm not sure he knows who Miranda Lambert is. I know who Miranda Lambert is. He may not know the tune. I don't know the tune. But he knows who Miranda Lambert is. It's a good song. Yaki, you really like demeaning me, don't you? <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> you just kicked the poo-poo out of him. He just did. <laughs> no, you do it to him. Oh, I could. <laughs> I'm too tired right now. 
I wouldn't technically do it. I'd have a guy do it. Um, right now, he's talking poo-poo. He is talking poo-poo. <laughs> Tony says poo-poo. I am trying to figure out what's worse, calling Utah classless or calling BYU poo-poo. Well, having been there to experience a sound like Norm Chow, well, uh, I think one was said venomously. In anger. That was the, I was thinking about that last night. That was the only post-game victory frustration. You very rarely hear frustration in victory. But Max Hall obviously unloaded his frustration from the year before. And Tyler actually said it twice. He said it as he was walking in before any recorders were uh, turned on. And then he said it when he sat down. But he said it kind of joking. Although it would it would bug me if I were a BYU fan. Even if U of A kid came in there and said that, that would get under my skin. I got to be fair about that. I can blow it off because I don't have any stake in this. But if it was my rivalry and their guy was saying that and they had beaten us nine in a row, I would be furious. So it's easy for me to say, well, I don't give two poo-poos about who wins this game. Yeah. Mitch is uh, Mitch is rolling with the whole thing. Mitch says, take the name away, and BYU simply lost to a top 15-ranked P5 team on opening night. Well, how often have we beaten a team like that? This win, as history usually scripts it. And see, that's the point. If the Utes are really all they're cracked up to be, and if Tennessee and USC are who the preseason predictions say they are, uh, won't BYU no, come away no, with no. a win in the next two weeks? Yeah, Possibly two. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about this game here last night. And so I walked that back. I disagree with that vehemently. What Mitch said? That you should just blow it off because this was a top 15 ranked P5 team. How many times do we come all away with that? Well, as you don't come away with it, but you certainly were far more competitive last year and wasn't at that point Utah was what double check were they not ranked in the top 15 they would have been eight and three because they finished the season with two losses so they hadn't reached four or five losses at that point and they would have won uh, a whole bunch of games in a row maybe only three but they would it would have won like six out of seven because they started zero and two and then the devils got them in the first week of november so the way I look at it is, wait were, a second here. They were, uh, Utah was 8-3 and three and ranked 17th in the nation. All right, so two spots away. We're splitting hairs here. Yep. And they showed way better last year than they did this year. So I don't necessarily buy, oh, well, it's, uh, no, that's too easy to rationalize. No, 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 no. The program shouldn't fall that far behind to where you are basically rare hardly ever in that game even when it was nine to six or three to three it still felt like utah had complete and total control at least it did to me and it was just a matter of time and you gave up two defensive scores come on stop it that's i think the bigger point right there i thought at nine to six they were still in the game they'd given themselves I mean, a obviously chance they were you want to shorten the game when you're the underdog and give yourself a chance to win late the longer you hang around the more pressure it puts on the other guys and all that stuff but you made it easy for them with the turnovers i think that take is full of poo-poo <laughs> we're not getting away from that it's clear and it's not even 10 o'clock, because normally that's when we talk about it. <laughs> that's normally when you talk about it. We're never going to lose it, don't they, they so poo-poo. <laughs> y'all, can tweet, y'all can tweet that. 
It's just, I did. Thank this you. This is like one o'clock in the morning. People are just giddy. That's just that was a weird deal. Punch drunk is that the phrase? A little bit, yeah. They just poo poo. No, they so poo poo. <laughs> they so poo poo. All right, we got more people waking up, rejoining after a late waking late up. night of football. Yes. Get your butts out of bed. Uh, they are full of poo poo. There are some people who've been awake for about five minutes who are now. I got my butt it. out of bed before sun up. Had a kid. Getting your reaction nine in a row now for the Utes. Uh, Darren says, pure joy this morning, especially at Rice Eccles South, the house that Witt built, and yeah, hashtag 10 is coming. Bell Edwards built that. Let's make sure. Let's, let's be clear. Your coach would acknowledge that. Pure joy. Can a Ute fan have anything that's pure? Apparently joy, according to Darren. I'll have to get in touch with joy. Gabriel said, he's a BYU fan who's taken it hard this morning. Pathetic. I thought Jake Heaps was no longer playing college football. Sadly, we may never be worth a damn again. I'll <laughs> always be there, sitting in my season tickets year after year, no matter what. Just not going to expect much. We'll just never be the top draw for top LDS recruits again. Ooh, that's harsh, man. So that rests on their ability to get into a Power 5. Because we are seeing tons of Power 5 schools chasing down LDS kids. Well, that's not going to change if they're in a Power 5. Right, but at least it'll level the playing field and you'll be able to attract some of the top guys. Uh, potentially. But- I don't know for sure. Because I think that the majority of their LDS kids are going to come from the West. And does the kid in the West want to play in the Pac-12? And let's assume that everything breaks your way and the dream comes true and you're in some version of the Big 12. So now you got so, the Big 12 versus the Pac-12. But a Cali- I still think the edge is A Pac-12. California or Arizona LDS kid Nevada? could pick a Pac-12 school in Nevada. Yeah, Las Vegas is cranking out lots of talented athletes. Yeah. And they'll still want to play in a, they, they grew up with a Pac-12. They won't want to go to BYU and play in the Big 12. Right. In now, real you, numbers. You I take mean, any look, one kid, but... Yeah. You take a look at what Zach Wilson's mother put out on Twitter... Uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, whenever she put it, I don't know. But you read it as far as some gal going after her about Zach not being recruited by Utah, and she said that he was recruited by other schools over Utah, and the reason why he wanted to stay local is so his parents and grandparents could see him play and all that stuff. Okay, so you take a kid from those adjoining states that you just mentioned. Do you want to go to West Virginia or do you want to go to Seattle? As the two extremes right. for the distance. Yeah, but even when you're sitting in L.A., Texas and Oklahoma seem like a long way away. That's what I'm saying. Iowa seems like a long way That's away. That's what I'm talking haven't about. haven't lived in California for a long time. Yeah. Iowa doesn't seem like it's right next door. Right. But yet Arizona is, Utah is. Right. And those are, Colorado is, depending on if you're coming from in-state here. You know, you're, you're way close. It's way cheaper to be a part of your kids' success. And they all want to just revel in it and roll in it, as I would, too, if I would have been that fortunate to ever have that situation. But, I, you know, obviously I didn't. And so I think that even with them, and certainly it would help, and you would take the Big 12. If that's what you can get, you would take it and run with it. And it would help. 
but I still think the advantage would be to Utah because they're in the conference of your dreams. And you can downgrade this conference all you want, and UC Los Angeles can lose to Cincinnati every single time, and Hawaii can beat Arizona every single time. But BYU fans, in their heart of hearts, they want to be in the Pac-12, and you're not going to be, and it sucks for you. I get it. And so somehow you've got to get in right You've got to. You just must. The sooner, the better. You're asking. There's so much cracking on Kalani Sataki and these guys, but you're asking them to do the most difficult thing that any coach at BYU in its entire history has ever had to do. Win under these circumstances. Can't debate that. That's just spot on. This is really difficult. Maybe... I guess if you, and we weren't here then, maybe if you go back to the 70s when they had no tradition uh, and they were just starting out, maybe that's how Lavelle and his staff felt. Like, this is the hardest job. Nobody's done this. How are we going to pull this off? Maybe that mountain seemed impossible to climb, and then they climbed it. But for the almost uh, 30 years we've been here, this is the hardest job. Oh, it's like eating poo-poo. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12. Oh, man, we got one about you. All right, I'm going to explain this next. Uh, Rocky just put something on the air because it's something you said, or put something up on the uh, Facebook, and we'll get to that on the air next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. It's a football Friday. Ron McBride and Alema Harrington. So we're playing Cal Berkeley. I mean, we're just kicking their, their butt. Right there you now. go. Good. 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 good check swing. That was well, good. Well, yeah, I cleaned up my language. <laughs> yeah, nobody believes that, Coach, but good job. <laughs> so then they said, okay, Ronnie Veal, you're up. Okay. Yeah. Goes in and throws a pick, right? Oh, Lloyd, you got to dump that. Take that dump that. I'd rather rather you say the first word than that one. You just made this declaration to to the radio world. You sound like Scotty describing what's on our table. Oh, shoot. There you go. You're a pick. Yeah, Yeah, very much better. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. You know, there was a lot of talking this time, and there was a lot of talking, and we felt like we didn't get the respect we deserved. Um, you know, we, we won those last, we won all the last games, but it just felt like every time people were saying, you know, had there only been one more quarter, or uh, we lost this game, when in reality, it's whoever wins the game when the buzzer sounds. And so we wanted to come out and prove a point, and I think we did. And in the fashion that we did it, you know, running the ball was really cool. <laughs> There's Britton Covey after the Utes win their ninth in a row. Whoever said that if they had one more quarter? Uh, I think we got that quite a bit after the bowl game, and then you made sure that it lived on. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't initiate it. Not by a long shot you didn't initiate it. But then you made sure it lived on. Hey, don't take the bus tour of the airport parking lot. Diamond Airport Parking offers covered self-parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, and free 24-7 car-to-curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport Parking since 1922, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park right and save at Diamond Airport Parking. 
Joshua, we're asking for your response after the rivalry game. Joshua says uh, the Cougars just aren't on the same playing field and never will be again. The Utes are waiting for three, four, and five-star recruits, and the Cougars are waiting for a return missionary, and they will probably have a wife and kids, and it is what it is. I've been a BYU fan my whole life, but I'm mostly a football fan. It's what I love. It's hard not to root for Utah when they have a chance at national attention. It's great for the state. I wish both schools the best, but this game will never be the same. While Kyle is coaching is the only thing I'd add to that. Get a new coach in. Let's see who it is. Let's see if it comes from his coaching tree. Let's see how this goes. I think there was a time when we could have never imagined the Utah basketball program going, not not falling to the point that it is, although maybe, but not being at this level for the better part of a decade and a half. They've had some good teams. They had a Sweet 16 team five or six years ago. So it's not like every team, but they, they've missed the They've missed the tourney now, what, 11 times in 15 years, 10 times in 14 years, something like that. That was unthinkable at one point. So this is a cool run right now, and I think it lasts as long as Kyle is here. But after that, it's a, it's a big old question mark because it's not so much about the name on the helmet. It's more about the head coach. And even a program like Alabama, even a program like Michigan follows the head coach. Didn't Rich Rod have like a three or four win team at Michigan? Mm. Seems unthinkable in the history of Michigan football. And yet there it is. Yeah, but that, that's only once in a while, though. They're not going to win 10, 11 games every year. But if you do it six, seven out of 10. So those programs that you mentioned are down for a short time. So, yeah, they'll be. Ohio State had a season where they were 500 a few years back. But they got back. They finally got caught cheating in that program that is so full of poo-poo. <laughs> what did you think of the game? What happened? Or what did you think of Tyler Huntley's post-game comments? Uh, Keith says, business as usual, next team up, and Moss is the man. Yeah, really nothing that came out of that game from the Utah perspective. You think, wow, I didn't see that coming. That's surprising. No, you can explain it all. I thought they were pretty inconsistent running the ball early, but then if you give them credit for, well, it was the first half of the season opener. So they ran for 186 yards. Yep. So, they they looked right. really good in the second half. Really piled up the yardage in the second half. Played keep away with that ball. They owned it. They did. The second half was entirely theirs. They dominated Rocky, after hearing PK just say he hates everything about Utah and all of Kyle Winham's family except for his mom, I'm just trying to figure out how he's still on the air around here. You want to tell him? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, that was it's a sarcastic joke to mock all the people who actually believe that. <laughs> What's it? The truth is that the truth is, and this is because I know a lot about this, but I don't know everything. And the only thing that would stump me in all of this is more uncomfortable for you. ASU, Utah, or Utah, BYU, where you have allegiances on both sides. Because you, you went down to a game at ASU, and ASU drilled Utah. And this is, go what, I don't know, five or six years ago now. It was Utah just beating BYU in a rivalry game as a conference opener, and, B, and Utah came out flat in the first half, and ASU took control of the game right away. And Kyle said, and we have the drop in there, I know you're a Sun Devil and you're loving this. And you talked about how uncomfortable that made you. Because you knew it was, you know, he'd had a couple five and seven seasons. People's jobs were on the line. And the truth is, there are guys, forget who you like, there are guys on both staffs who like you. Yeah, for me, it's the ASU game that makes That's me. That's more uncomfortable than Utah BYU? Yeah. Because Kyle and Kalani both like you. 
Morgan Scally and A-Rod both like you. It's, I know that comes as a shock to our listeners who think you hate both teams, but I know those coaches all like you. I think just a conference game has such dramatic impact that to me, in my mind, has higher far, stakes yeah. than non-conference. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. When yeah. you say it, I get it, but I couldn't have predicted that 10 minutes ago yeah. for sure which way you'd go. I don't like when those two teams play, but I can handle this one. Yeah. But you know in the long run, jobs are at stake. You know, if not now, then, you know, a continued streak would, would be a problem for coaches. You know, I mean, you no got to win. No question. And I want to see you be where right. you win some games it, now. And even the guys that you're not as close to, I've seen you talk to them, and they, they still like you. They know the other guys like you. you know, I don't think you're as tight with Grimes as you are with some of the other coaches, but I've seen him around you. He knows who you are. He likes you. Shreve Shaw, same way. Uh, the Grime Dog and I were in the bathroom last night at the same time. Oh, yeah? He was not happy. You probably didn't talk to him much either. Uh, just a little, like, hey, what's up? Nod, acknowledge. Yeah. It was, Keep dur- going. it was literally during the game. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK. So that's why, Rocky, right there. All right, DJ and PK. We're joined now by McKenna Morgan, studio manager in Ogden for Orange Theory. McKenna, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing well. We've had a, uh, a few folks from Orange Theory from some of the different locations, South Jordan, uh, Bountiful. Uh, you're up in Ogden. We've spoken to them this morning uh, and got their different takes on this. Uh, what do you like about Orange Theory Fitness and working there? And there's so many great things that Orange Theory has to offer, but my favorite is definitely um, an investment of four to three hours a week at Orange Theory. Our members are finding that they're actually getting more life from coming to our studio. What is more life? What does that explain that to us? So what I mean by that is people are coming into the studio and they're working out and they're bettering themselves, but then they're able to take it outside of the studio and apply it to their day-to-day life. So for example, I've had a group of members that they love running marathons and after their marathons, they're coming up to us and telling us how they've set personal records and how they're lowering their average mile time, which is awesome. I've also had a member come up to me just last week. He was down in Moab and he was stoked to tell me about how he went mountain biking and did the whole enchilada which was huge for him. It was something that was on his bucket list for a really long time. And because of the confidence Orange Theory has given him with not only fat loss and muscle gain, but like his lungs, his heart and all of that, he was able to just really go down there and do that without second guessing whether he could do it or not. But the one that probably touches me the most is when members come up to me and tell me that they went to their annual checkup with their doctor and the doctor is just amazed at the progress that they've made. And they're taking them off of, like, medications that they've been on for five-plus years. And they're able to get more life without having to be assisted with that through medications and things like that. So my favorite part is definitely helping those people, becoming them be- their best selves, and then also being able to celebrate those wins with them. There's really nothing more that can beat that. McKenna Morgan, studio manager in Ogden. McKenna, thanks for coming on with us this morning. Yes, thank you. All right. Remember, 15 locations for Orange Theory across the state, including new locations coming in American Fork and Holiday. They'll be there soon. DJ and PK.